0: Welcome to the pageantry podcast and today's very special pageantry podcast guest is none other than Miss America 2020 Camille Swire good morning Camille
1: good morning Carl nice to speak with you
0: it is definitely my pleasure it's taken us a while to catch up a lot's been going on not only with the Miss America organization but in the world in general so I am very happy and very honored that you took the time to call in and visit with us today.
1: Oh, my gosh. Thank you for having me. It has been absolutely crazy. My job has changed pretty quickly just based upon all these circumstances happening in our world today. It's it's really wild.
0: I can imagine. So let's go back in time to December 19th, when you were crowned Miss America 2020. You and Miss Georgia are yes. standing there center stage. What's going through your mind?
1: Goodness gracious. I mean, I had never even competed in the Miss America organization until this year. And so... I really never imagined that to even be standing in that situation. So it it was kind of surreal. And I think for me, I was just thinking about my mom who her and I have a great relationship and we kind of banter back and forth and she was so sure that I was going to win. And I just thought she was biased because she's my mom and like all your mom, your mom always thinks you are going to win because she's your mom. And I was like, dang, my mom might be right. (laughs) And she was right. And so uh, it was really just a surreal moment. And, um, I think I realized very quickly that everything, all my plans that I had, you know, for my years and and the the rest of my years in Miss Virginia were really going to change really quickly. And so I was grateful, but kind of like, wow, can't believe this just happened.
0: And you mentioned surreal and you're a few months into your year of service. Has it become a reality? Has it truly set in yet?
1: No, I don't think it will, honestly, probably until I'm you know, much older than I am right now. I'm still kind of, you know, you hit the ground running as Miss America and I'm still kind of processing because I'm constantly working and doing things. And even still, I'll like put put the crown on at events and I'm like, wait, this is mine. Um, it's not really something that's processed. And I think that sometimes that's good because I don't want this job to change me as a person. I don't want to walk around and and act like someone who has this, like, really crazy job or, like, act any, like, different than what I was as just Camille. And so I do this job as myself, um, which I think is something that has been one of my strengths this year and has kept me, kept me kind of grounded in the person that I am.
0: Excellent. And, of course, Miss America is one of the largest, if not still the largest, scholarship provider for yeah. young women in the world. How much of you earned from the organization
1: oh my gosh and so this number is only from the year 2019 because that is the only year i competed in i won seventy three thousand six hundred and seventy five dollars to go toward my education which will pay for about two years of my graduate pharmacy program because it's very financially expensive for me but that is a huge amount of money that's an entire scholarship for someone depending on the school that they're going to
0: Would you repeat that number one more time? (laughs) $73,675.
1: Wow.
0: That's crazy. That is amazing.
1: I I can't wrap my head around that. And that is, you know, one of the things that's really special about this program is that I also make a salary on top of that and my expenses are paid this year. And so I'm really able to benefit in a way that sets me up financially to be successful, to finish my education and then start my career with very little debt. And so I can't even imagine if you had told me a year ago that I would have won, you know, $73,000 in scholarship money, I would have laughed and been like, no way. (laughs) Here I am.
0: Plus a salary.
1: Plus a salary to save up money. I mean, It's really, it's to be 24 years old and to have that kind of financial gift bestowed upon me from an organization that also gives me career experience to then be able to jump start whatever I want to do in my life, no matter who Miss America is, whatever her goals are, that is, I mean, a huge gift for a young woman and really any young person, especially in this day of having such intense college debt.
0: You currently hold two degrees, correct?
1: I do indeed. Indeed. I have a degree in biochemistry from Virginia Tech, and I also have another degree in systems biology, and both of those are Bachelor of Science degrees. Took me five years to gain those, um, and I'm very proud of them. They were difficult to attain, but I always loved science for my entire life, and I was not sure what I wanted to do in science, and I kind of you know, went back and forth between a few different degree programs. I transferred schools in the middle of my college experience, and so eventually I landed on these two degree programs that really fit my interests and my passions and talents really well. And sometimes I wanted to quit them because they were really hard. Um, but, you know, looking back now, it is, I am so proud of myself for actually fulfilling those two degrees. And I graduated with honors, and now I'm in a doctoral program, getting a Doctor of pharmacy at Virginia Commonwealth University. And so I'll have a doctorate. Um, in three years, after I finished my last three years of pharmacy school, after my year as Miss America is
0: over, that is always a testament to you, young women, and to the organization as a whole. Mm-hmm. So, congratulations! It is. Thank you. Which leads me to my next question: Going into your degrees, mm-hmm. of course, we're in a current, unfortunate global situation. And as a biochemist, what advice <laughs> would you give to America? Oh gosh. <sighs>
1: I mean, right now in this global pandemic situation that we are facing, I think the biggest thing that we can do is, first of all, listen to the recommendations from Surgeon General of the United States. He's someone I actually got to meet back in February, and his role quite literally is to advise us. And as someone who, you know, knows what I don't know, it's important to listen to people that do know what they know. And more than anything, just you know, understanding how viruses and bacteria and germs are trans- transmitted from from one person to another. The social distancing is so incredibly important and washing your hands and not touching your face are the, the biggest things that you can do in your own personal life, but definitely listening to those recommendations. It's crazy everything that is happening. I mean, I've, I'm i a homebody, so I'm okay being at home, which is ironic because I travel so much now as Miss Mirica, but I'm quite happy just being at home for a little bit and doing work behind the scenes, but it's it's a scary time right now.
0: And as a father of two teenage sons, believe me, the social distancing is a challenge with everybody wanting to come by the house. And it's just crazy. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about your social impact initiative.
1: Yes. So because I'm a student pharmacist, um, when I was creating my social impact initiative, I really was passionate about using this as a platform to focus on medication safety for parents and kids, but also the prescription drug abuse that's happening in our country, particularly with opioid medications. And I was really spoiled growing up because my mom was a nurse and she always knew how to give me medications as a kid. If I ever got something from the pharmacy or I was taking an over-the-counter medication, that was normal for her to you know, read the directions, know what was in it, measure it, give it to me at the proper timing. And that's something that a lot of parents without medical training don't know how or realize that they should be doing. And so that was something I wanted to address that I saw through pharmacy. But also, I took a naloxone training class in pharmacy school, and naloxone is the opioid overdose reversal agent. And so you can give it to someone in an overdose situation, and it brings them back really quickly. And it's life-saving for those people. And I never really understood until that training how huge the opioid crisis is in this country. And so when I was designing my social impact initiative, I wanted it to be something that was impactful, but also really touched every person's life. And so when we think about medicines, I've probably never met a person that's never taken a medication in their life or doesn't know someone who takes a medication. And so kind of just being able to spread awareness and kind of shout from the rooftops of how dangerous these things can be if they're not used properly is something I'm really passionate about. So I get to do a lot of different things with my social impact this year. gotten to collaborate with the CDC already. I was doing that this past week for – National Poison Prevention Week, and I'm also collaborating with the DEA for some public service announcements, hoping to advocate on Capitol Hill with the DEA. So, last coming, um, and I feel really blessed to be able to do so much with it this year.
0: We've all seen the videos online (laughs) in many different areas. Please explain the science behind our talent presentation.
1: (laughs) Well, there's a couple things behind the science demonstration for the talent. So I was not someone who can naturally sing or dance or, you know, do baton trolling. And the biggest piece of my demonstration outside of just science is authenticity. And I think that that's something that a lot of my generation lacks right now. And we try to be like everybody else just because we want to conform to what society wants us to be. And for me, I really wanted to go out of the box and just show everybody that you can do something completely different and still be a successful you know, either a candidate for Miss America or win Miss America. And so I'm a huge science nerd. And I wanted to totally put that on display and be like, hey, this is who I am. So I developed, well, I didn't develop this demonstration. It was actually developed at Princeton University many, many years ago. But it's called Elephant's Toothpaste. And it is the catalytic decomposition of hydrogen peroxide, which is a really fancy word for, I take hydrogen peroxide that's really concentrated and I break it down really quickly by using that smaller beaker, that I pour into my larger flasks. And basically it produces a lot of oxygen and it forms a bunch of bubbles and there's dish soap in there which catches all the bubbles and it shoots out really fast. And that took, I mean, many, many, many hours and days and weeks of preparation just to figure out the volumes of chemicals that I needed to use for that demonstration. Then you move on to the performance aspect of making that entertaining. also didn't have any background music, so being able to captivate that audience being able to keep them engaged, being able to make sure that everyone in the back of that room, because if you're in a stadium of 10,000 people, that demonstration needs to be seen by every person in that arena, making sure that all of those things were in line to make this really a science performance. I kind of call it science entertainment, and I consider myself a science performer, and that's kind of what it is, and it's a really interesting and fun way to not only show really what my passions are as a person, but being able to inspire other people to either do science, if that's what they like to do, or not be afraid to take a risk and be themselves, no matter what their passions are. There's there's some underlying messages behind my science as well.
0: <laughs> and we've all seen the elephant toothpaste, all different colors going everywhere, Every you know, exciting. Yeah. Who has to clean that up?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, the lovely crew at Mohican Sun helped me clean that up. I do a lot of, prep work behind the scenes to make sure that their job is as easy as possible I actually had to provide the crew members who were taking the demonstration off so if you watch the program or if you watch it on YouTube there's a lot of steam that comes up the reaction actually gets to be about 200 degrees Fahrenheit and it would burn your hands if you touched it so I had to actually had a sponsor provide me heat-resistant thermal gloves so that the crew could wear those to take the glassware off of the table. And I had all the cleanup materials backstage, um, and they just had to help me clean it up. And so I'm grateful for them. And uh, we prevented any spillage or mess, which was lovely. (laughs) That's why I bring (laughs) a (laughs) tarp.
0: Why are the fields of STEM so important today?
1: I think STEM quite literally touches every single thing that we do in our life. And when I do my demonstration, I open it by saying science is all around us and I close it by saying science is all around us because science is something that touches every single thing that we do in a day, whether or not it's the phone that we're talking on right now, if it's the computer that we send emails on, if it's the plastic cup that we drink our water out of in the morning or the medicine that we take to keep ourselves healthy, or if we get sick and we take medicine, I mean, there's so many different pieces from food, Um, consumer products, medications, cosmetics, if we think about all the hairspray that I use during the year or the cosmetics I put on my face, those are designed by science. And I think that STEM careers are growing exponentially. And if people are looking for something that is a rewarding career that can really make a difference in everyone's life and can also give them financial independence, that's something that's important to me to be able to really be able to take care of myself, um, and being able to have a career that I know is sustainable for a long period of time and that has some ability for me to grow and be able to take care of myself and keep having a job for the rest of my life. That STEM is something that can really provide that for people. And even people that don't necessarily think that they are excited or that they're interested in science, I can guarantee that there's something that everyone likes that has to do with science, and you can find the science in it. And so that's what I hope to do this year is to be able to bring – Really science down to the level of what do you like in your life and how does science have to do with that?
0: And one thing that I was unaware of, but you live with Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. What is that?
1: Mm-hmm. So I have a genetic connective tissue disorder. It's called Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. And it is basically that also we have collagen in our body. Collagen is just a protein, but it's all in every single cell in our body, in our bones, our skin, and our joints, and our cartilage, and I have a deformed type of collagen. You have around 11 or 12 different types of collagen, but one of my types doesn't work right, and the moral of the story is I am extremely hypermobile, so I'm really stretchy, um, but I also can injure myself really quickly because of that. It causes me chronic pain, chronic injury. I bruise really easily. I scar really hard. And it's been something that I've dealt with for my entire life. I was born with it. My mom has it too. And it really makes me understand invisible illnesses that people go through because I have days where I wake up and I am exhausted and I feel like I have the flu and I'm achy, but it's really just because my body is exhausted and tired from trying to keep itself together. Um, And I think it's important for me to highlight that because people think that you know, Miss America or people in this type of a role never face any adversity. We know we've never gone through anything that's hard, but in reality, I fight with an invisible illness every single day when I go out and do my job as Miss America. And sometimes it makes my job as Miss America hard. But it makes me understand that there's so many people that I meet every single day that are going through something that I have no idea about because I can't see it just by looking at them. So it's it's definitely humbling to deal with that on a daily basis. But uh It's what I deal with, and there's nothing I can do about it other than take care of myself.
0: (laughs) And with your fields of studies, is this something that they could help with in the future?
1: Oh, absolutely. I actually did, in college, I did a small version of something called a genome-wide association study um, to figure out the genes that are associated with Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. And so in systems biology, one of the things that we do, which is what one of my degrees is in, is take large-scale data sets and figure out patterns between them. So if we're trying to figure out maybe what genes are associated with my genetic disorder that I have, if we take all the people that have my disorder, take all of their DNA, and we figure out the pieces that align that are similar between them, we can figure out the genes that are associated with a particular issue or disorder or trait. And I think that it's going to be, you know, so life-changing for people to develop you know, different genetic testing between these. So my my disorder right now doesn't have a particular genetic test that you can just take to find out if you have it. It's diagnosed on symptoms. And so there's so many awesome things that science is going to be able to do to change this. And maybe there's going to be one day where we can take something that can eliminate that from our DNA. That's probably many, many years away. Um, but scientific advances are exactly what are going to help identify and how to treat different genetic disorders, whether or not it's Ehlers-Danlos or something more common like a cystic fibrosis, which also is a lot more detrimental and life-threatening than what I have. But it really changes the way that we look at genetic disorders. And I'm a huge genetics fan, so I'm all into learning about genetics and how we can change people's lives with it.
0: What was your trip to speak in front of the General Assembly of the United Nations like?
1: That was something that I never imagined that I would do. And I don't really think that I understood the magnitude of speaking in that particular general assembly hall until I got there. And I was sitting in the general assembly thinking of how many different world leaders had spoken at the same podium that I was about to speak at. And I had the opportunity to speak about why it's important to have women in science, uh, the adversity that women face from a global scale wanting to pursue science, because people in, in developing countries face a very different set of problems when they think of you know facing a science career as a woman than maybe someone in the United States does. And being able to address that at a, at a global scale in front of a global audience, being able to talk to women throughout the world um, being invited by a princess, a quite literal, Her Royal Highness, um, who was a princess doctor, who was an MD, PhD. And her and I kind of were joking that, you know, we're the science princesses. And quite literally, she is, and I am for this year. But it was a life altering experience to be able to to speak in that particular setting, share my experiences. And I think that it is a testament to how Miss America is really taken seriously. And especially as we, you know, put more focus on social impact and what we can offer with our minds, that Miss America continues to be taken seriously in those types of settings. And so I'm really proud to be the first Miss America to speak at the UN General Assembly. That was probably the high, one of the highlights of my year so far.
0: Congratulations. Thank you. Early on, can you give us an idea of your media appearances and travel schedule?
1: Oh, my God, goodness. Um... Well, we could start from day one. (laughs) So after I won, it was probably, you know, 10 p.m. That's when the show ended. I went into a press conference and, you know, was up all night till like 3 o'clock in the morning and had to get in the car at 4 a.m. to go to New York City. And the first day when I was in New York City, I was on the Today Show. I did something called New York Live, which was a local, I think it was more of a local New York news I did an interview with People Magazine. I did something called Talk Stoop. I closed the NASDAQ. I've gone to... uh, I was on Great Day Washington most recently. I'm trying to think of all of the different news stations I've done. I've done a lot of virtual um, phone interviews after being in New York. The first day was just a media frenzy, and it was absolutely insane, and I have never experienced anything like that in my entire life. I do a lot of media. I've been really blessed to have been covered by some wonderful media outlets that have highlighted me as a scientist. I think, you know, waking up the next morning after winning Miss America and seeing Miss America is a scientist as the headline for all of these different articles is something that I could have only dreamed of, that that was what got picked up. And I'm so grateful that I brought that to a forefront. And so when I walk around and people my crown they're like are you the scientist and i'm like i am and uh i'm just so grateful for that and so the media has been crazy but definitely positive and that's been pretty pretty wonderful
0: and then you got to go to miami for the super bowl
1: yes i didn't actually get to go to the super bowl um i was in miami during super bowl week i got to go to an inclusion party um for the LGBTQ community and um I was there with a former NFL player who was on the voice and so we did this wonderful event um to raise money and awareness for the LGBTQ community and that was really fun I had it that was a really good event too I wish I could have stayed for the Super Bowl though but I did not so I was in there just for you know a little short period during that week
0: <laughs> Well now I'm not as jealous as I thought I'd be so, <laughs> oh, sorry. I was like, okay, she got to go, and I never <laughs> get to go. That would have been fun. And, of course, as Miss America, you have a strong affection and affiliation with Children's Miracle Networks. Mm-hmm. Have you been able Absolutely. to visit any of the hospitals yet?
1: Yes, I have. And the, the one that I visited first is one that is very near and dear to my heart. So the first Children's Miracle Network visit that I did as Miss America was at my university, at Virginia Commonwealth University in Richmond, and they are home to the Children's Hospital of Richmond at VCU, which ironically is a historical philanthropy of my sorority from college, Kappa Delta, and so I have many different ties to this hospital, especially now that I'm quite literally going to school at the medical center at VCU, and I got to meet this little girl. Her name was Andy Odie, and she drove two and a half hours to come and meet me She had seen me as Miss Virginia. She was a fan of me as Miss Virginia, and she had just battled cancer for about a year and had just been – she had gone into remission. She came in her nicest dress. She had a crown on, and she was so excited to meet me. And so we got to to sit together and have some time together, and I let her touch my crown, and then I touched hers, and we have some wonderful photos of that experience. And it was so – impactful for me to be able to meet this little girl who had gone through cancer treatment. And as someone who is going into pharmacy, quite literally, who would be the one helping that girl get her chemotherapy, she told me that she wanted to be a doctor. And I remember that because when you're, you know, a small child and you're going through cancer treatment, it can be terrifying. And so the fact that she wasn't terrified of those doctors and that she actually wanted to be them really touched my heart, both from a perspective of being a student at that university, but also the type of hospitals that Children's Miracle Network is able to really associate with and makes me want to continue to raise funds for them um, to support hospitals like Children's Hospital of Richmond at VCU and the Children's Miracle Network hospitals across the country. Um, so I got to visit throughout that hospital, and then I also, a few weeks later, When I was back in Richmond, I've done a lot in Virginia this year, actually. So my home state is very much wanting to have me back. I got to go to the longer-term care facility, also associated with BCU Medical Center. And that is a place where those patients probably won't ever get better. Those are children that are severely disabled uh, and will need medical help throughout the rest of their life. And it was wonderful to be able to come and kind of take their minds off of what they're going through, Those visits are always hard, really emotionally, but so rewarding to be able to just take their minds off of something for a day and uh, be the girl with the sparkly hat that comes in and kind of makes their day more fun.
0: You are very familiar with pageantry. What does our industry provide young women such as yourself?
1: People don't really understand. There's this stigma with this word that is pageantry that I face constantly because people think... That they're like, why do you do this? I actually had, um, a reporter in probably July, right after I won Miss Virginia, and she asked me. She's like, Camille, you're you're a graduate student. Why do you feel the need to compete in a beauty pageant? And I literally just laughed, and I was like, first of all, because it's not a beauty pageant anymore. It's not what you think of as as a pageant, shall we say, as you know, the traditional sense. Like, this is a scholarship organization. I'm learning so many things for my career. And you know what? I competed in pageants as a teenager, too. And what I took out of those were learning how to public speak, learning how to interview, learning how to communicate what I, ha- what I had to offer in an experience like a job interview, and learning how to advocate for myself and know myself better. And those were things that a lot of my peers didn't have when I was, you know, a teenager or going into college. And now as a young professional, I'm helping to pay for my graduate education and I'm learning career experience. This is almost like a paid internship for me this year. I'm in front of so many different people that have to do with my industry. And that's mostly because my social impact initiative is so related to my career. But, you know, pageantry offers so many empowering moments for young women and I am very grateful that I had the experience that I did and have been able to take so much out of this experience. And I think that it, it puts us leaps and bounds ahead of our peers who don't compete in similar organizations. There's really nothing like it. And it has been, you know, life-changing for me, of course, in many ways.
0: And as many people may know or may not know, pageantry may be considered a family affair, correct?
1: Absolutely. Especially when I was a teenager, You know, I competed in some pageants over the summers between my years in high school, and it really was a family affair. My dad escorted me on stage. Um, My mom and I would help figure out what I was going to wear, and she would help me get ready, and it was kind of like a little family vacation for us during the summertime. And my parents are my biggest cheerleaders. They were in the audience at Miss America wearing lab coats and goggles to cheer me on. It really, I couldn't do it without my parents. And it also brings you closer to your family in many ways, at least for me. That's the experience that I've had. But you you definitely need, you know, I have mom and dad America that help me out now. Um, And I need them.
0: (laughs) And your mother has competed as well.
1: Yes, my mom. So funny enough, when I was a teenager, I stopped competing when I was 18. And I actually said that I was never going to compete again because I wanted to focus on college. And I felt like I had gained the public speaking and interview skills and kind of the personal presentation that I wanted to get out of it. And my mom had just battled cancer. She had tried to get her life back, get healthy. She had lost some weight, and she was really feeling good about where she was. And so she decided to compete, and she actually won Mrs. Pennsylvania International, and then she competed in the USA ambassador system. And she was their national title holder. And so she did that after I competed. And then I kind of became the mom who helped her in the back. And that was another special moment between her and I that uh, a lot of, I don't think moms and daughters get to experience. And now she's back on the, the cheering end of, of things.
0: <laughs> I see her online a lot. So yes.
1: <laughs> she's a who she is quite, you know, she's my biggest fan really. And she's great.
0: Unfortunately, Due to the COVID-19 pandemic that we're experiencing, the famous Miss America travel schedule has been postponed. Mm -hmm. What are your plans or ideas for keeping your followers informed of what's happening, not only with yourself, but also with the Miss America organization?
1: This is really hard because Miss America, you know, if I'm trying to work from home as Miss America, Miss America can't really do her job all the time from home because that's quite literally why we're traveling all the time. And so I've been trying to be, you know, innovative. I think that I'm a a pretty creative person. And so for the last week or two, I've been behind the scenes trying to figure out ways that I can continue to do my job from home. And so I'm using social media a lot. I'm very lucky that we live in a time where we have those kinds of technologies. But I have a lot behind the scenes that I'm hoping to do, namely things that have to do with science, because there's a lot of students that are currently at home with their parents. And if I can help to be a science educator for those people throughout this time, I think that that's a wonderful experience because that's one thing that I'm doing through my job as Miss America is going around the country, inspiring and educating young people about science. And so I'm trying to figure out ways, and I have a couple ideas, I don't want to spoil them yet, of how I can do that virtually. And really using this time to continue to reach out and advance my social impact initiative Coming up with plans for the rest of the year, I think that I have a very unique opportunity as a Miss America, who has some time to really spend behind the scenes. Because there's so many things that I want to do throughout this year, but sometimes when I'm traveling so frequently, I feel like I don't even have time to to act on those ideas that I have. And so this is a really special time, I'm trying to make the best of it and capitalize on you know self care and taking care of myself to so the minute that. I'm able to go back on the road. I am rested and ready to go.
0: So until the time when you can go back on the road, how can people follow you?
1: Yes. So I am very active on Instagram. Uh, My personal Instagram is just my name, Camille Schreier. But you can also follow the Miss America Instagram page as well. If you want to see kind of my live updates of my stories, usually you can check out my personal I also have my own Facebook page, also at Camille Schreier, and a Twitter at Camille Schreier. And same with Miss America. You can follow Miss America on Facebook and Twitter as well. Um, And those are great ways to keep up with me. And you can see all of the cool things that I'll be posting, hopefully, in the next coming week um, that have to do with science and really my life with Miss America um, at home right now.
0: (laughs) Is there anything you would like to address that maybe I didn't bring up?
1: No, I think that was really comprehensive. Um, you pretty much got everything that I've been doing right now. So that was, you got it all.
0: Is there anyone that you would like to recognize?
1: Mm, That's a hard question. Um, I feel like there's a lot of people I want to recognize. I think the biggest, the group that I want to recognize right now is all of our state title holders from the Miss Miracle organization who are also grounded because of the virus right now and a lot of those women have a lot of plans their years typically end in a few months and for some of these women their last few appearances and special events as miss state have been canceled for them and so i'm really thinking of them right now and wishing them the best in the rest of their years and hoping that they're able to find you know respite in this time but uh they are incredible women and I don't think that my, my year as Miss America would not be the same without them. And my Miss America experience quite literally wouldn't be the same without them. And I always say, I didn't go to Miss America necessarily to win, although that was of course the goal, but to make friends with these women because being in a Miss America organization and having the opportunity to meet 50 of the most incredible and accomplished women from across the country is an experience you probably won't get anywhere else. And I'm just really, really grateful for those women. And so I'm thinking of them during this time. And I'm really sad that a lot of their events are getting canceled, but I totally understand it because mine are too.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. And today's very special pageantry podcast guest has been Miss America 2020, Camille Schreier. Camille, thank you for your time today. I wish you the best throughout what is remaining of your year of service. Hopefully you will be able to get back out on the road to speak to America as representative of us all. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.